I'm Morgan Tioka. This is the Challenge Her Podcast. This is the Challenge Her Podcast. Good afternoon, team. It's Morgan Tioka here, the host of the Challenge Her Podcast. I'm going to have a bit of a chat to you today about Dr. Vivek Murthy. So I've been reading some new books. Um, I'm actually reading some of the podcasts I've been listening to, which I really highly recommend. He does one with Brene Brown and I absolutely love it. But he was the 19th and 21st Surgeon General of the United States underneath President Obama and President Biden. And he talks about some of the books that he has written and one of the books he's written is called loneliness and I feel like the word loneliness it's like a really scary word people don't like to use it often but uh, when Dr Murthy has gone into the research and the reasons as to why he's researched loneliness is because he became a doctor and as a young doctor he felt that Um, A lot of his cases were around viruses, diabetes, blood pressure, heart conditions. And he said, what I didn't expect was I was seeing loneliness as the most common condition. Many of the patients who were coming in were coming in alone through a big illness. Uh, They would often, you know, check in and say, is there someone I should call or can I contact anyone for you? And what was most sad was that in their final moments of their lives, they never had someone there or they they never had someone by their bedside or no one to contact. And he said, it's not unique. It is far more common than what we realise. And he goes into talking about how loneliness is incredibly common and consequential. And he says, people don't go around admitting they are feeling lonely because they believe it sends a message that they are not likeable or they're not lovable. And what he sees is that when he started to research loneliness, people would always give him examples of it but could never describe or give a, give a um, description of it. So they would say, you know, I, I walk around every day and I feel invisible. Or they could say something like, I feel like if I disappeared tomorrow, no one would notice or it wouldn't matter. Another one was, I feel like I have to deal with all of my struggles on my own, my family struggles, my financial struggles, my mental health, and it's just me by myself. And this is our deeper experiences that we're having of loneliness. And he goes into detail and he talks to Brene about the three areas in your life that you can feel lonely. So he says that there's sort of three areas of connection. There's your intimate relationship and your you know, close connection with somebody. Then there's your social connection. So that's just like your social circle, um, you know, your marble jar friends, your trust group, the people you would rely on. And then you've got your uh, career or aspirational connections. So that's just people around you who lift you up, have similar beliefs, values and goals. Usually you find it in a really positive work culture. And he said, when you have all three, you tend to feel extremely fulfilled and you feel valued loved and worthy but then he says you could have you know if you're missing one of them he says sometimes you have feelings of loneliness but you can't understand as to why or sorry where they're coming from so I could be in an amazing intimate relationships and I could still feel lonely and I'm not realizing that my loneliness isn't because 
my partner doesn't love me. My loneliness is because my circle of friends and my connection to my social life isn't strong enough. And so I'm missing that part of my life and that's making me feel like I'm not likeable and not lovable. And I feel like that that was just something that really resonated with me because, you know, I have moments where I'm, I'm like, I've got great friends. I've got incredible people around me who are lifting me up. But when you don't have that third bit, that intimate relationship, you know, I, I tend to feel lonely at times and just listening to him and understanding loneliness. I'm like, okay, this is real and it's very common and a lot of people feel this. And the job is for me to then be aware of it and then use strategies on how I'm going to combat that um, until I'm you know, capable of meeting that person or I'm capable of creating that work culture or finding those social groups and just being very aware of that. So I think this is like the first step to becoming or understanding how we can sort of create that real feeling of fulfillment in our lives and that sort of deteriorates the loneliness which um, is yeah, I think it's quite effective. So one of the things he says is people who struggle with loneliness have a higher rate of heart disease, dementia, depression and anxiety. Their sleep is actually disturbed. Their healing recovery time also tends to be longer. There's a strong association between loneliness and mortality. He then goes in to say Loneliness can be quite paralyzing and there's three main reasons as to why it can be paralyzing. The first reason is that it puts us in an elevated threat state. So it puts us in the state of stress that, you know, a thousand years ago when we were, um, you know, caveman years, it was built into our nervous system that when we were separated from the pack, you know, and our food supply was cut off or our safety was cut off, we were under threat. And so what happens is, um, you know, it starts to put us in a state of stress, which then harms our body and can contribute to disease. The second one he talks about is we turn inward. So we create these negative spirals where you're always focusing on yourself and that sort of goes into that victim mentality of I'm so stuck, I'm struggling, no one's around me to help me, I'm alone. And it also makes you really suspicious of others so that people are out to get you, everything's going against you. And then the third one he says, loneliness erodes our sense of self and our confidence. So we start to believe if we go long periods of being lonely that there is a reason as to why we are lonely, that it's because we're not likeable or because we're not lovable. And the worst part of it is that our confidence and our self-esteem become the hardest hit. And it then becomes even harder to summon courage to go and take risks and interact with people that are new. So then you read that and I feel like all of those, those three, they resonate with everybody. I think everyone feels a small part of that in their lives in some way, shape or form. But the great thing about seeing that and being aware of that in your lives is it goes into addressing the cycles. So he then goes in to talk about, you know, there's three really key strategies as to how we can start, one, being aware, but two, making some really great decisions around how we break that feeling and start to feel a bit more fulfilled in our lives. And the first one he says 
And the most powerful way to break the cycle is to engage in acts of service. The service doesn't have to be volunteer work. It actually could just be going out of your way to help someone in in your workspace or support a neighbour. And he says, it shifts the focus away from ourselves onto something greater than us and it gives us that worldly perspective. And it also reminds us that we have value to bring to other people's lives and to the world. That can be affirming and have a positive impact on our self-esteem. The support you might give to your neighbour, you know, might be the one thing that allows you to, to gain an understanding that you're worthy. The second thing he talks about is to rethink our use of time. So he says, in an ideal world, we would spend a heap of time with the people who were our highest priority, the people we loved the most. And he said that, In the interim, in the time now where we don't have those opportunities because we have to work and we we have commitments, we can dedicate a small amount of time to reaching out to someone that you love by calling them, sending them a message, saying that you are thinking of them. And in those small moments of interactions, that can help create more of a positive impact on the way that you're feeling and the better quality use of your time because you're starting to acknowledge the people in your life who you love and who are your priority and you have to make that a behavioural change. He speaks about if we spend a small amount of time but increase the quality of that time with the people that we love and we're not using social media, then that has a huge increase on the connection that we feel in our lives. You know, the reason why the quality of our lives is being diluted is because that we're bringing a lot of stuff into it and technology obviously is the prime culprit of that. So by bringing our phones into that space, that quality time for the people who are our highest priority, you know, we're not giving people the love and the care that they deserve, which then actually has a roll-on effect because it causes us to not feel as connected to them as we should be. So simply, if you're catching up for dinner, and I spoke about this in the Simon Sinek podcast, and you have your phone out on the table, you know, it's not that you're bad, we're bad people for doing this, but we're showing that we don't care enough, and that's not the people that we are. So thinking about service and improving the quality of the time with our loved ones and committing a small amount of time to reaching out to different people we love, you know, these are the long lists of strategies that we could use that would help increase our feeling of fulfillment in our lives and therefore decreases that that feeling of loneliness. I mean, over the last decade, loneliness rates have skyrocketed, mental health issues skyrocketed, you know, suicides, anxiety, depression. It's really, really important that we start to worry about self comparison and see the problem that is evident in social media because it's making people feel worse about themselves and realize that social media has forced us to confront a really fundamental question and that is our values so he talks about if you go out and ask 100 people what is your number one priority in life 
he guarantees most people would name a person. So a friend, a spouse, a parent, a child, the person closest to them. But if we ask the question, is how we live our life in line with the priorities that we state, realistically there's a gap. Because if you're saying that your wife or your children or your parents are your highest priority, does that align with your daily actions? And I can tell you mine doesn't. You know, the reality is when young people look at social media, the themes and the values that are being supported, what seems to be valued is, one, how good looking you are, two, whether you have enough fame, Three, whether you have enough materialistic possessions. Four, positions of authority, you know, power, wealth, reputation. How do we shift our experience in the world, you know, the environment around us and design technology within our lives and our workplace and our schools that actually supports the values that we want to live with? you know, people-centred values, not materialistic values, not, you know, how good-looking you are, the fame, the wealth, the power. That is a key problem and it's just a lot of this information is just blowing my mind because I feel lonely at times in so many different ways. The more I talk to people about it, the more common it becomes and we don't really have clear strategies on how we use Uh, how we can combat, sorry, that loneliness. I think it's really common with our young teenagers. And if we can talk about this a little bit more and dissect what he talks about a bit more, I just think there's so much relevance to that and what we're going through in this day and age. That's pretty much it from me. It's a lot to take in, but I really hope you got something out of that. And I will talk to you all soon. You've been listening to the Challenge Her podcast with Morgan Tioka. Follow, rate and share to help empower and educate young women.